Hey there, it's Janie Porter, and this is She Just Glows, the podcast. I'm gonna help you find joy and purpose in your life just as it is today. Not tomorrow, not when life is perfect, not when you win a million dollars or your kids finally stop peeing on the seat, but right now. I'm a life coach, a writer, a wife, and a mom of four. And just like you, I spend my days fighting through the pressure to be thin, happy, and have the perfect house and the perfect life. But here's the thing, I've never found perfection. What I have found is that it's so much better to just be real. So grab a cup of coffee and join me like you would a girlfriend. We'll talk mom life, body image, letting go of the lie of perfection, and learning to thrive in the chaos of our world today. You've got your own life coach in your back pocket now. This is She Just Glows, the podcast. Okay, I know you are in the thick of it right now. If you're anything like me, I'm recording this in the summer. All the kids are home. You're lucky to get 30 seconds to close the door as you go to the bathroom. And at least in my house, even when I collapse into bed at night, there are still little feet coming up the stairs, pitter-patter, pitter-patter, because they still need something, (laughs) even after they're supposed to be in bed. It's a lot. It's a lot. And even if you're listening to this and it's not summer, your life is a lot. If it's anything like mine, it's intense. The days are long. There are lots of personalities and needs and challenges, all of which require my attention every single minute of every single day. But today I wanna get you to think about something and I want you to consider this. Is it possible that you're so stressed or maybe over drinking because you're not doing maintenance on you. You're waiting until you're in a 911 red alert situation to take a break or take a trip or even acknowledge that you might need some sort of a respite. Okay? This has been me for so many years, stuck in my mom martyr personality. I can do it all. I don't need a break. I don't even work. So why would I waste money on a babysitter? I can't ever get away from the kids. My husband needs me. My kids need me. I just want to say right now, Stop. What I want you to consider today is that by taking a break, you might be making everyone's lives better in every single way. So today I'm going to get into my 10 steps to taking a solo retreat and I'll go through all your objections. Your husband's not on board. You are believing the story that you can't afford it. I even have, I call it the four S's, the four S's to remember when talking with your husband about taking a solo retreat. So I've got this all in this episode today. So much jam-packed meat for you. I'm even sharing with you my packing list because it's so purposeful for accomplishing the objective of the solo retreat. But I want to tell you this, you getting alone time is so important. I was actually doing a little research and I learned that studies show that the ability to have alone time makes you happier, brings you a higher life satisfaction, and improves stress management. It also lowers your your chance of depression. I mean, I could have told you all of that, right? But I had to find a study to back it up. (laughs) You deserve all of that. And I want to share with you today, you deserve solitude, rest, peace, quiet, 
And I wanna walk you through my journey toward getting to this place in my life where I do take these on a schedule routinely and see if any of it rings true and that you could adapt into your life. It's not all gonna happen today, but just start thinking about it. These are some of the questions and conversations that come up in my one-on-one calls with clients all the time, because basically by the time they come to me, most of the time, it is a 911 situation. The maintenance has been deferred. You know, like with your car, if you just don't get an oil change for months on end, eventually it's not just not running efficiently, it's a full-on breakdown, right? Like ring a bell, breakdown, break down. Do you feel, do you feel like you're breaking down? I know for me, it's always, it's always a summer theme. Feels like a lot. And sometimes we just need to know, now what? What do I do? I feel broken. I feel overwhelmed. My husband doesn't get it. And I just feel like I'm breaking. So with my clients, we talk through everything that goes into it. And we come up with a plan that I hold you accountable to. And we go forward from there. Some clients work with me for six weeks. Actually, that's not even true. Six weeks is my shortest coaching package, the shortest one I offer, but no one's ever worked with me for only six weeks. We always keep going. I also have 12-week packages, and I even have some clients who are with me for one year right now, 12 months of getting on this journey toward rediscovering you and finding that spark of joy that is in your life, and we just need to find it. So if you're interested at all in learning more about getting private, custom, just for you, help and direction through whatever season you're going through right now, um, and you're ready for support, you wanna build this life that's full of joy and purpose and positivity and hope and energy, reach out. Send me a DM, send me an email. My email is Janie, J-A-N-I-E, at shejustglows.com. And you can also go to the coaching page on my website, shejustglows.com, to learn more about everything that I offer and more about working together. So here we are. So how do you plan a solo retreat? What is a solo retreat? What do you do if your husband thinks it's the dumbest idea ever? And what if you think it's the dumbest idea ever? Maybe you do. But I'm guessing by virtue of the fact that you clicked on this episode, you're probably at least at bare minimum curious And I know you don't want to admit it, but three nights alone in a hotel sounds pretty amazing to pretty much anyone I know. But maybe if you're not ready for three nights in a hotel, it can be something different. I'm going to walk through all of that with you here in this episode. So first, I'm going to tell you what my solo retreats look like and share some ideas for yours. Then I'm going to explain why to do a solo retreat. Why? And then I'll get to the how and addressing all those objections. I know you have so many You're not sure you could swing it. Maybe your support system's not gonna be okay with this. They'll judge you. Um, Maybe you just don't feel comfortable allowing yourself this luxury, this extravagance. That's something that so many moms deal with. Maybe you perceive you can't afford it. And I'll get to all of that in this episode. It's basically 10 steps to planning your own solo retreat. Okay, so step one, we gotta define what is your solo retreat, okay? What are you gonna do? How long will it be? So I'm going to tell you what I do, and then I'm going to give you so many ideas for how you can pick up this idea and run with it in a way that feels comfortable for your own life. So for me, a solo retreat is three nights every quarter, so that's four nights a year, where I go away to a hotel or somewhere with a comfy bed, 
alone. That means I don't invite friends. My husband doesn't come out for dinner. I don't try to use the pool with the kids on the last day, you know, get the most money out of this hotel experience. I don't do any of that. It's just me, myself and I, the entire time. I do it for three nights personally because that's what works for me. Two nights feels too short to me. It's only one full day there. Three nights is two full days there and three, (laughs) I love this word, three natural wake-ups. It's like, what time does your body wake up if no one's there and the room's pitch black with those really awesome curtains that are in hotel rooms and the temperature is your perfect temperature? How late would you really sleep? Do the experiment for three mornings. It's a good time. It's a really good time. And I really love that by the time I go to sleep on that last night, for me, that's night three, I'm actually missing my kids and husband. I'm actually anticipating seeing them again. I need to be away long enough to miss them. This is huge, and I'm going to go back to this in a little bit, so bookmark it for now. I'm usually not too picky about the hotel. I personally, for me, I just want room service because that's the bulk of how I eat during these solo retreats. I don't want to deal with sitting in a restaurant or ordering Uber Eats or something. I just want a nice room service dinner, usually with a lot of Pellegrino and lemon wedges because I'm not drinking right now. It's been uh, a little over a year, and I always do dessert. Sometimes even two desserts a night when I want to get really wild. <laughs> um, I also love if they have a spa. That's like an added bonus. For me, I love going to the beach. So it's about 30 minutes from our home here in Florida. So it's easy to do this 30-minute drive, stay at a hotel on the beach. Um, it's not a lot of time for me to be traveling there. I'm not wasting time on an airplane. So for me, this works. I'm getting more enjoyment and um, alone time there. What's been working for us lately is I take these solo retreats Thursday to Sunday. So in case you're curious, because I'm always curious how people make different things work and schedules and planning. So I'm going to share with you (laughs) what um, exactly the schedule that works for our family. Um, I leave Thursday just before my kids get out of school. Our nanny picks them up and prepares dinner and leaves when my husband's done with work for the night. Um, My husband takes them to school Friday morning. Nanny picks them up. My husband... Uh, relieves her when she, when he gets home from work and then he has them until we meet at church on Sunday morning and I love like getting ready at the hotel leaving my solo retreat and going to meet my family at church and start our Sunday together I just for me that's really special and I just love it okay so I know that sounds like a lot um, and the first thing I want to remind you of um, is that as you consider your solo retreat You want to make sure you define it and you want to make sure that you define it in a way that works for you and your family right now. Three nights away, if you have a bunch of little kids under the age of four or five, really isn't feasible. If you don't have family that lives nearby, it's a lot less doable, right? I also don't have family who live nearby, so I understand that struggle. Um, This three-night hotel thing took years for my husband and I to work up to. I mean, I absolutely could not do this if he wasn't on board. So that is step two, which I will get to around the corner, including what to do if he's not on board. So hang on for that in a couple minutes. But this isn't, here's, um, here's what I want to suggest. Figure out what works for you now. This isn't, here's what I do, and you should do this too. But I went into all the details because I love hearing details, and I'm a detail person, and I thought that would be helpful to help jog your brain. What work for you? What works for you today might be, 8 a.m. to 12 noon on a Saturday morning. Maybe your husband lets you sleep in one day a week and you spend four hours in your room doing whatever the heck you want. 
That's a great way to reset. Maybe it's one night away. Maybe it's just an afternoon or a sunset alone at the beach or on a walk or on a really extended time away from the house. Define what your solo retreat is and what might work for you at this phase of life. Okay, step two, (laughs) really should be step one, approve it with your husband. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) All right, I know for some of you, this is no problem. A lot of my clients, I actually find it's very interesting. Many of them, um, we don't necessarily work specifically on solo retreats, but that is some of the things that we can work on that I've worked on with individual clients. I find though that in general with most of my clients, their husbands are in favor of most, most things. It's, it's us. It's the client herself who has to choose to give herself permission. To, to take these times to reset or to dig into her happiness formula, which is a whole other episode that I encourage you to watch here on She Just Glows, the podcast. So for some of you, this is no problem. Your husband is fine with you going away and knows you need it. Maybe he knows more than you do. Um, for others of you, this is like the hardest part because your husband's not in favor, then it's kind of off the table. And then for others of you, you don't have a husband. So girl, you should just schedule this on your kid-free weekend and be done with it. All right, get that scheduled. So I wanna talk for a little bit about approving this with your husband and where to go with this. Like I said, for me, my husband, he's in favor of me taking solo retreats. I'm lucky, I'm very lucky. This is something he authentically sees as totally important for my mental health and for the overall good of our family and probably for his benefit too, right? Uh, My husband also takes lots of alone time for himself too. He goes on trips, he takes retreats, Um, He's kind of on this path now, too, so that makes it a lot easier that we're approaching this from a like mindset. Okay, but what if your husband doesn't see eye to eye with you on this? I mean, what if if he's going to look at you and shame you or say, you stay at home with the kids or you don't have an income or you have so much childcare when you're working or when you're not working? Why would you possibly need this much time away? And that can be a really scary conversation to walk into. First of all, it's intimidating. Second of all, Parts of what I just said might be a little snippet of what you actually believe too, right? And I'm going to get to that in a second. But when you sit down to speak with your husband about this, what I'd suggest is a few things. I call them the four S's. I made it really easy for you to remember, okay? The first one is stop and sit, okay? Sit him down. Let him know that you want to start taking steps for your mental well-being, so that you can be 100% there for everyone in the family. I mean, it's it's the truth. It's important for you, but it's really important for everyone. And and I go again to this car analogy. Like if, if we're chasing life at all times, without stopping, without taking a break, we will break down. It's not an if, it's a when. We will break down if we are not doing the preventative maintenance that we schedule for our vehicles. Let's schedule this for ourselves. The second S, show emotion. So here's something to consider. I'm not saying cry and beg him to go. (laughs) You're probably like, show emotion. What am I supposed to do? No, that's not what I mean. Consider this. Maybe the reason your husband is resistant to you going on a solo retreat is because you're breaking down inside, but you're making it look easy. 
you're making everyone else think that everything's fine, but it's not fine. You're basically encouraging him to think you're killing it. And I bet you are in many ways. But you're dealing with some heavy emotions and perhaps delayed emotional maintenance that eventually, take it from me, girl, it will catch up with you. I've gotten so good at making everything look smooth on the outside that I'm making it really easy for it to look like I'm doing just fine, right? So let your husband see that emotion and see that struggle. Maybe that's the missing link. The third S is share with him the ways that you see him take alone time. And this is not as a dig, truly. And if you go into this, make sure that this is your heart, that it's not a dig. It's really an inspiration to you. I know it is for me with my husband. Um, Your husband may take golf days. He may do boys trips. He may do, I don't know, long dinners after work to catch up with a friend or that wouldn't technically be a solo outing, but you get the point. This is literally him taking time away and you desire the same. So maybe that's a way to bring it up. Just make sure your heart's in the right place with that one, right? Share with him the ways you see him take alone time. The fourth S is focus on your synergy as a couple. Maybe in the same breath, let him know that if he wants to do a solo retreat, you're good with it. You're a team. This isn't all about you. You'd love to offer him that too. So the four S's, stop and sit, show emotion, share with him the ways he takes alone time, and remember that synergy. So my third step in these steps to taking your own solo retreat is so important. It's so important. And I'm willing to bet that this might be the bulk of the reason that you clicked on this. You need to decide that this is important. Is it? You clicked on this episode, so I know you're curious about making this a priority and maybe what it looks like for me or how you could adapt certain parts of what you hear today to make this happen in your own life. And I love that. But I want to really drive this point home. Do you understand why this matters? I was reading this book. It's called Cultural Materialism, The Struggle for a Science of Culture. It's one of those anthropology books. I love learning about prehistoric societies. For some reason, it's just something that I'm so interested in. And I found this incredibly intriguing. In hunter-gatherer societies, did you know this? Hunters, again, that's their only job, is to hunt for the clan, kill an animal, and bring it home, right? In hunter-gatherer societies, hunters hunted no more than one to two days a week. We're talking about survival. We're talking about no one can eat if they don't do their job. The stakes couldn't be higher. Forget your life. Forget my life. They're feeding kids, women, children. And they only hunted one to two days a week. I wonder why that is. Maybe it's because hunting is very strenuous, just like mothering. Maybe it's because hunting is very um, mentally exhausting. Sounds like another job I know, right? So if hunters and hunter-gatherer societies in prehistoric times only hunted one to two days a week, couldn't you give yourself a couple nights away? Rest is important. 
That's what that point drives home. Rest is important. It's actually vital to survival. Those hunter-gatherer societies knew that if their hunters didn't get that, what, five to six days of rest a week, it was going to be bad news. Invest in your rest. Oh, that's a good line. I just thought of that. Invest in your rest. So get away from your family in a large chunk of time that is scheduled however works best for your family. Maybe it's once a quarter. Maybe it's once a year. When you take this time to actually get away, and I'm not talking about running to Target, but an actual thing that you scheduled and spent money on, I'll get to that, and planned, it's a relief. It's a breath of fresh air. It's important because in the moment that you schedule it, you now have something to look forward to. It it brings hope to some of those rough days that you have a reprieve coming. And I got to be real with you. Something I really had to consider when it comes to booking these solo retreats was this. The solo retreat is a way of making my life feel manageable because if it's manageable, I'm not having to reach for alcohol. And maybe alcohol is not a thing for you. And if it's not, I'm glad. That's awesome. But so many of my clients who come to me to specifically reevaluate their relationship with alcohol, they've all gotten to the same point, almost all of them. They've gotten to the point where they're not living a manageable life. Many of us reach for alcohol or make choices in a day that we regret later because we are not living a manageable life. Doesn't have to be alcohol. It can be resentment. It can be food. It can be yelling at your kids. It can be overspending. And no, three nights at a hotel is not going to make you stop drinking, for example. I mean, in fact, it may seem like a really tough time to not drink. And I totally get that 100%. And if that's you, we can work through that in a private session. I totally get that. But I would say all my clients who come to me saying, I want to change my drinking in some way, they are all living lives that have gotten to a place where they are un- manageable. Having a solo retreat makes a busy life feel manageable again, and it helps to slow down that frenetic rhythm that you may be approaching life with today. Step four, schedule it. Girlfriend, schedule it. This shouldn't be a special occasion. It should be scheduled. This is so important. This is so important. And I know we're all prone to wait until that red light goes on, right? Let's go back to the car. Do you schedule your oil changes or do you wait until your car breaks down? You wait for that red light to go on. That might be a bad question for some of you actually, right? Um, I speak from experience. My car is in the shop right now as we speak. It's been a heck of a last couple weeks. Four kids, no car. What do you do, right? The point is you take your car in on a schedule for, for most people, right? You take your car in on a schedule. You deserve the same. And the kicker is you've got to schedule it now when you're thinking about it. You've got to schedule it now when you're thinking about it, when you're in a good mindset to do it, and not later when you're in such a low mental place that you can't even conceive of getting away. It's the same logic with finding your happiness formula, which is something that I talk a lot about here on She Just Glows. You want to consider that now so that when you have a bad day, 
you know what's in your happiness formula and you can go right back to it because you've already created your own list. In this case, you've already created the block out on the calendar. It's done. There's no more conversation needed. It's already happening. Schedule it now when you're in a good mental place. I hope you're in a good mental place today. I mean, hey, it's the middle of summer. Maybe you're not. No judgment. But the key with this is, is planning. Again, we don't want the 911 situation where it's an emergency. We want these sprinkled in. And once they're on the calendar, it's a non-negotiable. In fact, this past weekend, my husband and I had a huge fight because he scheduled something that conflicted with my solo retreat in August. It's like a few weeks away. And I was like, no, I need that. And I was basically like, if you can't change your thing, I'm going to figure it out because I'm not changing these dates. And it truly wasn't me being stubborn. It, I swear, <laughs> he may tell you a different story. Honestly, though, it wasn't me being stubborn. It was, this is my commitment I made to me and I don't want to change it. Think of it like this. What if it's a work trip for a client, right? You're going to reschedule it because something popped up? No, you're going to figure out a way to make it all work. That is the feeling with which I approach these solo retreats. They're not negotiable. And yes, they can be rescheduled if needed, but they're not, they're not being canceled. What I do when it comes to scheduling is at the start of the year, on my first solo retreat, I usually do one in January because it's a slow month. Usually not a ton going on after the holidays. It's a great time to get away. On that first retreat, I block out all three of my remaining weekends for the year that I'm doing the solo retreats. And then while I'm there, I text my husband for approval of those dates. Once he says yes, I block out the calendar and it's done for the entire year. That time is blocked out. Everyone knows it's coming up. And then about a month out, I book the hotel. Step five, I want you to know that creating the space to miss them breeds gratitude. And you need gratitude to keep going, to fuel you. This is why I make my solo retreats three nights personally, because on night one, I don't miss anybody. <laughs> on the first morning, I start to feel that relaxed, sort of warm glow of gratefulness that I'm away. Um, thankfulness that my husband has allowed this. Gratitude for my children and their health and our family. I start to think of our life on a really macro level and it's so positive. I'm thankful for this opportunity in this moment. I'm thankful for this sunrise, this sunset. I have a whole different state of mind, honestly, on these trips because I'm alone. I wanted to read a journal entry about how I feel, but typical mom summer life. I forgot to bring it to the office today. I wrote a journal entry on my last solo retreat just explaining how great I felt. Maybe I'll share it later on social. But I remember this phrase. I had created the space to love my life again. Create the space to love your life again. And let me tell you, I need that. I need that for every other day when things don't go right, when the kids are being tough, when my marriage is tough, when life is just being life. I need these little respites to have the space to love my life again. And it works. All right, step six. I know you've been waiting for this. Budget. Ding, ding, ding. That's so great, Janie, that you can go to a hotel for three nights. I can't. I'm in a different season of life, and this isn't, isn't feasible. All right. I hear you. 
I know this is one of your huge objections. I can't spend that money on myself. It's just for me. I can't afford to go to a hotel. This isn't relatable because everyone can't do that. Nope. Just going to tell you right now that's crap. And here's why. You can budget for anything you decide is important. Period. Period. This I can't afford it story is absolutely just a story. And I want to help you rewrite that story because you are worth it. So let's say you're budgeting for three nights in a hotel. All right. Let's say the hotel is 300 a night. I swear, hotel rooms used to be like 150. You could get a pretty nice hotel. Now it's definitely in the 300s, at least near where we live, for a decent room. I mean, I don't think I'm being picky. So let's say the room is 300 a night. So that's 900 plus tax. Let's just say it's a thousand bucks. Okay. Okay. That is hard. That's a lot of money. I totally get it. So let's consider if you take this retreat once a year, here's what that breaks down to for a thousand dollars for you. That means setting aside 83 bucks a month. Could you not do that? That's $19 a week. How much is your Starbucks order? I know when I go through Starbucks, I get myself a coffee and I get a, a, a food item for each kid. It's literally like 30 bucks or more. So one of those drive throughs each week would give me $19 a week plus that I could set aside. A thousand bucks a year, let's just call it for your solo retreat budget. Let me ask you this. How much do you pay for your kids' sports? That's non-negotiable for you, right? I'm betting it's more than a thousand bucks a year. How about childcare? Is it more than a thousand bucks a year? Maybe not. Maybe it is. Clothing. We all have something. Other trips that you really just don't want to go to. Don't go. Go to this one with your favorite person in the world, you, <laughs> where no one's going to piss you off. No one's going to be annoying because it's just you, unless you get annoyed by yourself, which I guess could be a possibility. <laughs> Listen, I'm not trying to call you out for your spending or, you know, get too personal. Although I love these kind of details. But really, the I can't afford it story really is just a story. You can afford it. But will you choose to invest in you? Because again, you are. Will you choose to invest in you? Something my husband always says that I love. You are your greatest investment. You deserve quiet. You deserve peace, gratitude, rest, solitude. And you know what? It doesn't even have to be $1,000. It can be free. Let's go into some of these ideas. You could do a kid trade with a friend, especially if your husband doesn't love this idea. Ask a friend, can you take my kids for one, two, or three nights at your house? I'll drop them off and pick them up. And then let me take your kids for you on a different weekend. Maybe her and her husband want to go away or whatever. Trade. You could ask your mom or a relative if you have that option. I love this. Send the kids to her house and then be in your house alone. Maybe when your husband's on a work trip, even if it's just a night, send them somewhere else. You could also offer to house sit or pet sit for a neighbor or a friend and stay there. Spend one night, spend two nights, go there a couple afternoons on one weekend and spend like four hours, right? Oh my gosh, my next door neighbors have a mansion, a gorgeous home. Two people live there 
And she had this pet sitter come by over the summer. And I was thinking, damn, I would love that job. Can I do that for my next solo retreat? Like just go next door. Just need the, the kids to not know that I'm there. Just hang out there with the dog for the weekend. That sounds like heaven, right? And it's free. Heck, they might even pay you to pet sit. You could house sit for your parents while they're away. Just get out of your house and away from the family. Ask a friend who has a spare bedroom if you could go use their spare room for the weekend. Or use your hotel points. I bet you probably have a ton from all the travel you did before COVID. Get creative. If you are willing to invest in you, you will find a way to make it happen. So get creative. Do that. Invest in you. And that leads me into step seven. Give yourself permission. Believe that you are worthy of a solo retreat. I know it's hard. I know it's so hard. It took me years, probably a decade, to believe that I was worthy of a few nights away by myself or even to have the balls to ask for it. It might be hard because, well, let me ask you this. Is your entire inner circle worker bees who never stop and don't do that kind of thing for themselves and you know they would judge you for taking a solo vacation? So what? Are you living for them? Are they there when you are on the floor totally used up and defeated and exhausted because you didn't get that oil change when you should have? Are they there when you're so unbelievably hungover because you tried to drink away the stresses and overwhelm yesterday that have been building up for weeks? They're not there with you when you're feeling like, you know what? It's time to get more comfortable with making choices that don't disappoint you instead of worrying so much about disappointing others who aren't there when you're suffering the consequences of making these decisions that other people will agree with, that other people will sign off of. Who cares? Give yourself permission. Right now you have that option. Give yourself permission to take this time for you. You need it, you are worthy of it. And girl, you deserve it. Step eight is kind of fun. I want you to pack for your solo retreat to preserve the original intent. And here's what I mean by that. Remember how I was saying, resist the temptation to invite someone? This is not a girl's weekend. Do not take it with a friend. It's not the same. This is for you to reflect, to get away, to just be. Nothing wrong with a girl's weekend, by the way. I think they're wonderful, but this is not that. This is a solo retreat. It's a whole different thing. Even if you have separate rooms, it's a whole different thing, which by the way, on any girl's weekend now, I always have to have my own room. And it's again, it's that solo time I need. Anyway, that's a side story. So I pack for these solo retreats to remember the reason that I'm here, the true reason I'm here. It's not to bond with a friend or, oh, that old friend lives in this area of town. Let me see what she's up to. Or that old colleague, I should say hi. No. For me, the goal is to truly be alone. And that includes resisting the urge to schedule up this solo retreat, which I can guarantee you I have every time. I always want to schedule it up. And I am willing to bet you'll have that urge too. One way I help guarantee that I don't succumb to that urge is 
my packing list. My packing list helps guarantee and preserve the original intent of the solo retreat. So I wanted to read you what's on it. So for me, a solo retreat is all about a few things. I like to sleep. I like to work out outside. I like to journal, pray, and I do some macro planning. So like thinking about bigger overall goals for my business or the larger flow of a family or planning for the year, vacations, goals, things like that. And your solo retreat should be a list of whatever you feel like doing. And I'll get to that in a bit. It doesn't need to be all mine, obviously. But here are the nine things I pack to ensure that that's what I'm doing on the solo retreat, okay? A journal, workout clothes, PJs or loungy clothes, a swimsuit and cover-up. I pack no makeup, no regular bras, <laughs> books, my favorite morning coffee things, which for me is cold brew and nut pods. And I pack a face mask. This ensures that the weekend is all about true rest and true resetting. I really want to walk you through what it feels like to go on a retreat by yourself. First, it's weird, right? You drive away from the house, you're, you're on no one's schedule. It's the weirdest feeling. You're driving to this hotel, no one cares what time you get there. You can, you can eat whatever you want for dinner. You can lay in the room, you know, if you want all night. I do that a lot. I just lay in bed and watch TV, honestly, for a lot of it too. That's how I relax. That's how I reset. So step nine is when you go to this solo retreat, go guilt-free. So you've planned it, you're there, you've left the kids, and you felt a little mom guilt, right? My last solo retreat that I took back in April, it was a really busy month for us and I felt guilty leaving. It was like our only free chill out weekend and I felt guilty. I felt guilty spending the money. I felt guilty getting away on a weekend that would be very resetting as a family. But I pushed through and made myself go and actually my husband really encouraged me to go too and I wasn't gonna cancel it anyway but I was feeling that mom guilt so I get it. So here's what I tell myself. So step nine, how to go guilt-free, here's, here's how. First of all, you tell yourself getting away makes you a better mom and it's good for everyone. It really is. Your husband taking care of the kids is good for everyone. It's not the same when you're there in the other room. It's totally different. Let him experience this. Let him thrive. Let the kids depend on him. And most importantly, obviously, but not obviously, so I'm gonna mention it. And most importantly, allow you to be filled up. You need this time away. It's truly a gift. It is truly a gift. I, I, throughout my solo retreats, I am texting my husband just saying, thank you. This is truly a gift. And I can almost guarantee that it will make you so much more grateful for your husband, for allowing this time away to happen. It's a gift. Will you allow yourself to receive it? So when you're at the solo retreat, this is step 10. And you can actually apply this to anything that you do in days when you really need a reset. It might just be at home. Ignore the shoulds. 
ignore the shoulds. So here's an example. I'm at my solo retreat and I kept having this urge. I should walk the beach. I'm at the beach. I've paid for this hotel here. All I've done is seen the inside of this room. It's been wonderful. I've been relaxing, eating whatever I want and just doing things that fill my soul. But I should walk the beach. Oh, should. There's that word. Nope. Anytime you hear a should, that's exactly what you will not do. I should text my friend who lives nearby. I should go on a run. I should get some work done. I should shower. <laughs> Ignore all the shoulds except maybe the shower. <laughs> the shoulds are your signal that you are always working. It's really hard to shut that off. We go through every day with so many shoulds and on a solo retreat, all those shoulds become whispers. And you start to recognize that the moment you are shoulding yourself is the moment you know you're actually doing exactly what you need to be doing and exactly what your body needs, what your mind needs. It's time to stop and just be. What a crazy thought for a mom of little kids or a busy woman in this world today with all the obligations and expectations, both from others and from you. Give yourself this gift. Take this step to take time alone for you. I can almost guarantee you will not regret it. And I'll promise you one thing. You deserve it. I'm so glad we got to do this today. Listen, everybody knows word of mouth is the best advertising. So if you liked what you heard, follow, share, leave a review. And there's so much more where that came from. Go to shejustglows.com to read words of encouragement and inspiration that you just might need today. There you'll also learn about my work as a life coach and how we can work together. My publications have been viewed more than 4 million times by moms around the world. We have such an amazing community. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and well, that's all I got right now. I've decided I'm too old for TikTok. Remember, you've got this. You are enough. I'll see you next time. And until then, you glow girl.